and madness welcome to a spooky halloween edition of marvel versus marvel Ooh. it's the podcast where a comedian who has never read a marvel comic book before in his life watches a marvel movie or tv show and then quizzes another comedian this one was taught to read with marvel comics and is a marvel comics expert hello and welcome to our special halloween edition that is on the special Halloween presentation from the MCU Werewolf by Night. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Holden. I'm a comedian, I'm a writer, and I'm the Marvel expert part of the equation. And I'm joined on this uh, podcast by the man whose Marvel journey it is. The yin to my yang of the Marvel experience is Mr. Will Preston. Yes, I am the opposite man. <laughs> the opposite man. The opposite Will Preston. man. That's my superpower. He sits I'm the in opposition... Um, we're jazzed for this Halloween special, as you can Indeed. tell by our amazing Halloween sound effects that <laughs> we've already got. And uh, the show, is it going to be just you doing that, or are we going to pay for some proper... How's it going to go? Do you know what? Proper sound effects, or just uh, you recorded doing that? May- maybe I'm really good at sound effects, and you won't be able to know the difference. <laughs> maybe. Right, let us know right in. Can, is, is there proper sound effects on this show in post-production that I haven't noticed, or is it just Will going, ooh. Um, for a long, long time, Marvel, uh, Disney, whoever, did not announce what was going to uh, be in their Halloween special and then we got the announcement it was going to be Werewolf by Night and then we got a special kind of like TV movie like a short TV movie um, that came out quite recently for Halloween and we prepared this episode to kind of uh, release at the end of October Spooktober um, as part of our themed October we brought you um, Behind the Page on Man-Thing Behind the page on Moon Knight, mm. uh, we brought you uh, a special deep dive into Marvel's like second horror-themed movie, The New Mutants, and then now, here we are, with a very special, the first sort of MCU Halloween-themed event, Werewolf by Night. Um... I'm pretty excited for this one, Will. I mean, it was a I, it was a joy to watch this 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 special presentation. Yeah, I, I I'm really happy to discuss this one because, yeah, it was it was quite different, wasn't it? It's quite different to anything else that Marvel's done so far. Really atmospheric, very yeah. different in its in its presentation, its vibe, like very very cool. And it's just always great to be back doing Marvel versus Marvel. Personal life has been uh, all over the place recently, <laughs> up and down and through the ringer. So it's really cool to just still have these. Uh, these shows that we do, that we pump out, that are kind of our main focus. Um, it's certainly my main focus, man. Like, everything else that I do, I do really enjoy the the wrestling commentary, mm. uh, the comedy stuff that I do. But this is, like, the thing that we built and that we own and is ours. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really special to me. So it's always cool when we get to do um, these these big episodes and we get to do our bonus shows and all yeah. the Patreon stuff. Yeah, it's really um, special. I know you've got an announcement you want to make, Will. Yeah, uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter or Facebook or see anything, uh, I have decided, after six years and 700 gigs, to quit comedy. I uh, no longer do stand-up. That's been a difficult decision for you, I know that. It was a very difficult decision. I actually uh, <laughs> I, I kind of made it on a, late on a Friday night and then rung you on a Saturday morning to talk through about it because you're my go-to mm. guy. 
<laughs> Whereas uh, if we haven't done Batman yet, but this is where I'd go, you are my number one <laughs> a guy. <laughs> but uh, it was a hard decision, but it's I, I made it the other week, uh, just, just, just over a week ago, and I've felt so good ever since it's been a yeah. real uh, thing thing off my shoulders because i just wasn't enjoying it anymore uh don't worry still gonna do this podcast because i do genuinely enjoy this podcast and it never stresses me out um yeah i think i think there are some people out there that might be in a similar situation sometimes you put it's almost like being um in a casino mm. right you 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 feel you've invested so much in 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 a, in a bad hand that you don't feel like you can walk away from the table. You don't feel like you can just cash in your chips and go home. You feel obligated and pressured to kind of carry on with 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 something, yeah. even when it's knocking you around and perhaps you're not enjoying it anymore. It, um, and I think that can be a work situation, or it can be kind of this was like a semi work thing for you. Kind of, yeah. I, but but after uh, my my deal to myself is I've already written down a list of things that you must do be able to prove you can do these before you even try comedy again, which is quite nice. It's like a a way of stopping right. me from me immediately going back and uh i'm just going to take a break from from uh, doing any any creative projects uh, apart from this obviously and then just see how i go and maybe in a month or two i might go oh i might fancy doing something else i think mental health breaks are important and vital to a huge amount of people whether whether it's you know it can be, sometimes it can be like a personal relationship like a friendship i know people have taken like breaks from friendships with with with, with people or mm. they've taken breaks from in our in our culture in our, in our kind of work they're taking a mental health break from the pub and it's not necessarily a drinking thing um it can be it can be a lots of different things that you take need to take a little break from we see an awful lot of it on social media and obviously if jobs are getting you down and uh, and and making your life worse you kind of to do is whatever you can to mm. to find a different you know a different job or a different way of spending your time i know loads of comedians have done the same thing so um yeah big support to you will thanks man. um that kind of explains that we won't be having the wills updates on on the show unless um, i start twitch again that's always yeah, a possibility which, i might do i might do that you could do you've got all the time yeah uh god forbid you spend any time with your wife start the <laughs> twitch up again <laughs> <laughs> Join me now for a, uh, a spooky trip into the shadowy mind mm. of a muggle, a man who has never read a Marvel comic book before in his life, a man who is an everyman, he represents the people, he represents each and every single one of you, he's Joe Sixpack. But the the six pack in question is a six pack of soda because he doesn't drink. Um, it's Mr. Will Preston who is the the represents the vast, 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 vast majority of Marvel fans who are people that haven't actually ever read a Marvel comic. Um, and I'm that's the every man. It's all in me. <laughs> you didn't expect Whitney Houston on this show, did you, listener? No, I had but to actually here we the go. Lyrics and then oh, it's Whitney Houston. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Okay, um, so, so these are characters that I've grown up with and I've always been aware of. Yeah. So I experienced the the movies and the TV shows in in quite a, 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 a unique way. Um, and to get the everyman approach, we we turn to Will Preston, our reporter, our everyman reporter, um, who can give us that that insight into what the Muggle will think of these things. Had you, Will Preston, ever heard of werewolf? No, had you ever heard of like a Marvel werewolf? No, no, I never heard of a Marvel werewolf or a DC werewolf, for that matter, young man. A werewolf. <laughs> Where I've, I've I've heard of a were bat from, of course, a man bat from Batman, mm. but that's about it. No, no, I, I I thought the idea 
of putting a werewolf in a superhero franchise ridiculous. Yeah, what did so when they announced? Let's go back then to when they announced a Halloween special. And then that's the Halloween special. I but would, they didn't say who was going to be in it. So what were your? Did you have any ideas, thoughts, predictions? What were you hoping for? Or now there were two things that I was going to expect. First, I thought they're going to do Marvel Zombies, which has been discussed uh, already. I thought that was going to be the special. And the other one I thought was they're just going to do something completely original. But like, hey, let's let's do uh, what would happen, like almost like a what if, like a Treehouse of Horrors thing. Oh, okay, like I, a Simpsons Halloween special. Th- those are very memorable specials, uh, I think, and and I think other TV shows sometimes do that. Like, we're going to do a Halloween edition of this thing where stuff happens, but it's okay, you know. It, it's not, it's, it's not real. It's not continuity. It's, it's not a dream or a imaginary thing or yeah. whatever. And then when they announced Werewolf by Night, that wouldn't have resonated with you outside of maybe me talking about it on this show. Well, oh God, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to make it a, pod, uh, a catchphrase for the podcast at some point where I just go, hey, it doesn't matter because I'm in it for the long run. I'm going to eat whatever Kevin Fig lays on the table. <laughs> maybe a fig. Um, it's, I, I thought this should be interesting. We've but had- you, thought, you thought it was odd to have a werewolf in a superhero franchise i thought it was odd hey look i thought it was odd to have a werewolf in a superhero franchise i thought it was odd to have a superhero film where a team consisting of a tree and a raccoon are involved (laughs) i think it's odd to make a woman the lead character no just kidding but like i i (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was bad toxic Uh, preston's back toxic preston's back he's been on the message boards where everyone's talking about she hulk and came back with some hot takes no i just think like it's going to be odd but they've managed to make every just about everything work no matter what property it is so i'm just going to go hey open mind going to go in there and see it and plus it's a it's a it's a halloween special about a werewolf and it's in black and white i know what they're going for and i'm going to to enjoy it for that aspect well, so then, after the announcement, it took a little bit longer, and then we got, I think later on, we got the trailer. Yes, And the, the trailer, trailer gave us, like, a little sample of what to expect. So oh. that's where we saw the old movie-style title card, and we yeah. saw the, they, they produced, like, a, a crease and crumpled old movie poster as part of the art, yeah. and the trailer was all in black and white. How did What was your kind of reaction, response, and thoughts to that? I thought, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for this, because... It's harking back to like Universal uh, Studios, like Monster Films, yeah. possibly Hammer Horror as well. So, and uh, I, I, I'm just all for that. I'm not a big fan of those films, but they, they know the way to do it. Is look, we're going to have to hark back to a genre or style of doing this kind of horror that everyone's familiar with, and really make it work. It's a unique and a different aesthetic that we've not seen yet mm. anywhere. In the MCU. Never seen um, a black and white MCU film. Uh, never seen was, a sepia MCU film. Who knows, you it, might get it, the cowboy film we always wanted. It was kind of this... Um, it was this... It felt like an experiment, and it felt like a good place mm. to do an experiment. You know, you're not committing to multiple episodes. Nope, nope. You're just, not committing a huge... Bud- well, it was probably was a big budget, but you're not committing to a movie. Exactly. It's a, a, a sample that's put out there... Um, and I, I don't know. I was excited by it. Um, I, I, I thought this looks. There were some shots 
Um, we'll probably go just talking the, about. I'm just talking about the, the the before bit. This is the before bit. We'll before, get into but, the but, but the shot I'm talking about ding. is in the trailer. Oh, okay, great. There's one shot that was in the trailer that was it, when I saw it in the film. It was just mwah, mm. works perfectly. Works. What was the shot? It's where the that woman's in the cage, and you see the shadow of him transforming, flickering in the background. Oh, over her. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. What a. That's just. That's just it. That's the peak of that film for me. Was that bit. I think that, that that part of the trailer really got me excited yeah, to see same. this and to think I think there is a line they can they can and I didn't know what was to come um but I thought Marvel trying to do like spooky horror stuff yeah. what kind of line could and there is a line they can do I think people I saw something on on Twitter recently um <laughs> and it really resonated <laughs> with me and it was you know it was someone basically saying how they are sick of horror being so depressing and dull. <laughs> and it's all, you know, it's all these, you know, is it is it mother and is it her and all, her and all these all these movies that are just super depressing, super intense. Mm. And then they shared a bunch of quotes and gifts from John Carpenter horror movies. And oh. when, People today don't understand that when when a lot of us were younger, horror was immensely fun. Yeah, um, horror used you to know be fun. whether it's it, it, horror doesn't always have to be super. In fact, the vast majority of the time, it isn't super serious. You know, we're we're very much in the super serious era now. And don't get me wrong, movies like Get Out are incredible, but I think there's space for to have your your schlocky horror, your over-the-top horror, your campy horror, mm. your fun horror, your action-adventure horror. Like, you can all... Horror's a, you know, a big genre, well, isn't it? You mentioned Get Out. I saw Us recently. Yeah, man. And, and there are so many little nods to John Carpenter in terms of style in that. And it Lots are of fun, fun bits. bits in there. There are yeah. loads of fun bits and really well done. But you are right. I'm not a big fan of horror, but everything I've seen to do with horror just looks intense and leaves you feeling haunted afterwards. Yeah, I, I think really things started to shift and change after... Um, after the um, what is the hostel was such oh, a phenomenon on a small yeah. budget, we started to get torture porn, um, yeah. torture porn kind of horror. That was like the the stuff that made a lot of money in the cinemas, and then there was the artsy stuff that kind of went in these super super intense psychological, um, truly truly disturbing kind of way. And we we seem to lost all our fun horror. Would you consider um, the lighthouse under that latter? Because hmm. I really love the lighthouse, but I don't really know if I would. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if I consider it a horror. Oh, um, it's twisted. It, it, it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Very psychological, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now, takers will yes. behind the scenes on the production of this. How do we get here? How do we get to Werewolf by Night becoming kind of the starring role in an MCU project? Yeah, it's actually been. Uh been under production not this iteration it's been production for quite some time uh wealth by night was planned for a feature film by uh, by may 2001 to be licensed from marvel studios and distributed by dimension films with a story developed by marvel studios avi arid kevin feig and uh avi arid son ari arid which is a uh, not great on the old mouth that is it avi arid ari arid it's a very <laughs> Very confusing. But yeah, they they went far as back twenty-one years ago to try and get this uh try and get this done. And in two two thousand and three, 
screenwriter Robert Nelson Jacobs uh, got attached was attached to the project. Uh, Jacobs was known for writing the Oscar-nominated film Chocolat. Oh wow! Yeah, he was the screenwriter on that. That was him. Uh, Avi Avid, uh, Avi Avi Arid. I always say Avi Avid because it's like, hey, he's really avid about Marvel. Avi Arid uh, thought okay. Jacobs was uh, perfect for the project because Werewolf by Night is at its core. A beautiful love story, reminiscent of the great Shakespearean what? tragedies. <laughs> what are you talking about, he's Avi? He's a salesman, mate. He's a salesman. Oh Let me finish his pitch. All right. It needs the meticulous, heartfelt crafting that Robert Nelson Jacobs is known for. He's never read a Werewolf by Night comic. Certainly not anything from the seventies. Yeah, but you don't. At one stage, there's a whole biker gang full of werewolves. It's brilliant. But but you don't you don't need him to know that. You need him to barge in front of the producers at a pitch meeting and just go, "It's great. It's going to be this." You need that guy. No, but it goes in the wrong direction. I don't want a a a heartfelt Shakespearean love story written by the bloke who wants chocolate. I want the Hell's Angels werewolf story. Directed by John Carpenter or something. I want, you know, I want a badass movie. With soundtrack by John Carpenter. There was a period of time where they were just, they were so desperate to be accepted. You know, they were so desperate for people to go, hey, you guys can make real movies too. Um, (laughs) It happens in in the world of professional wrestling and it's deeply deeply annoying. Um, They start, we're not really wrestling, we're sports entertainment. Yeah. We're uh, we're the same as any TV show. We're graphic novels, yeah, that kind Mm. of thing. It's that, we're we're not video games, we're a narrative experience. (laughs) Oh, is that real? narrative experience i i might have kind of made up but they they use that kind of thing where it's like it's not an interactive narrative experience you're not not playing the game you're being engaged that was what hideo kojima said about about one thing but that was about death stranding which to be fair is the most annoying game i've ever played yet really intriguing at the same time anyway in early march 2004 the project was advertised at the American film market for distribution, and by November, Crystal Sky was preparing to shoot the film in the United Kingdom over the following six months. The next November, Crystal Sky was planning to announce a director and cast shortly and start filming in 2006, but this did not materialise. In fact, nothing more was heard about the project after this. It vanished without a trace. (laughs) Nothing's more spooky than a big thing vanishing. But so, fast forward a bit bit more in the future. Marvel Studios had intended to use the character in a Marvel Cinematic Universe project as early as February 2019 when Kevin Smith was informed he could not feature Werewolf by Night in his then-planned Marvel Television animated Howard the Duck series Due to Marvel Studios' own plans. Before we go any Man, further, so I did not know. That's two about this. stories we'd never heard of. What? Uh, that's two stories we hadn't heard of. What about we, the How I, the Duck? Yeah, the two things. Yes. <laughs> Howard the Duck and the fact that Marvel had plans in 2019. Yeah. Didn't know anything that's about That's two this. things we hadn't heard of. Do you think Kevin Smith would be good at Howard the Duck? His He Man, his Masters of the Universe Revelation series is balls to the wall brilliant. And I am not saying that as a He Man fanboy. I'm saying that as someone who liked He Man when I was 10, didn't think about it for 25 years, 
and then started watching this Netflix series with a few beers. It's brilliant. I am fully invested in Kevin Smith doing animated projects now. Okay. His films, don't get me wrong, have sucked for about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I grew up, you know, Kevin Smith's the reason I went to film school. Yeah. I have a large affinity for the guy, but... Did you ever see Clerks um, 3? Yeah, let's just carry on with this. No, because I've I so, got it on my list of films to watch, and I don't know if it's going to be good or not. Okay, so I'm very... Inve- <laughs> you asked me a question. And then, and then you went, then okay, you and then... asked uh, me two other questions. I have a lot so, of questions. to answer your question... Ooh. I I would really be a big uh, a big very interested in, in a Howard the Duck well how any Howard the Duck animated series but especially mm. if we had Kevin Smith attached Good. after what he was if he could use the same team from that yeah. Master of the Universe show I'd be really into it yeah I can't imagine him not doing that from what you're saying he said Kevin according to Smith uh, two years ago when we announced hey we're going to do Masters of the Universe which is uh, now about to happen we also announced hey we're going to be doing Howard the Duck. Over at Hulu, remember that? Smith shared with fans, For a halt, for a red-hot minute, I was working on Howard the Duck, and before Dave Willis, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force co-creator, uh, involved, it was uh, when it was just me. Jeff Loeb was like, Hey man, I think you'd be good for Howard the freaking duck. I reached out to Walter Flanagan from Comic Book Men and told him I'm going to take a stab at all the freaking 70s characters. Walt was giving suggestions, and Werewolf by Night was absolutely on my list. In my head, as I fought, as I started building my season, I was like, "All right, episode five, Werewolf by Night." The idea of our story was that Howard was trapped here, and he was go- he was trying to get pages of the Darkhold, which would allow him to go back. There's Howard as I'm laying it out, and then I go to Jeff and told him that I want to do, uh, told him what I want to do, and th- that's when he said. You can't use Werewolf by Night, and I asked why. They said the movie division was already using him. So yeah, that would have been uh, a bit of a diminished way to use Werewolf by Night, especially after watching this uh, special presentation. I suppose so, but until you get the special presentation, the, the, this is Werewolf by Night is not a popular character in the mm. same way Moon Knight isn't. Um, sorry, Man Thing isn't, and Howard the Duck isn't. Like I, I all these kind of forgotten 70s characters i fully i don't have it makes perfect sense to me to just kind of lump them all together and go let's just do the 70s thing um aside from like ghost rider who broke out and stuff like that um i i i I don't think you know i don't think it would have been too much of an issue it's like it's like saying oh i can't believe they used they only used sasquatch from alpha flight (laughs) in one episode of the of the hulk cartoon in the 90s well he didn't mean anything he's never meant anything so whatever yeah yeah you know i get it so this is michael giacchino's directorial debut Giacchino is an Academy Award-winning composer as well as occasional film, occasional director who has provided the soundtrack for previous Marvel films such as Doctor Strange, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy, and Thor: Love and Thunder. So quite we, interesting we talked choice. about yeah, we talked about how much we loved his, his the, the music in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. So if that was yeah. if that was him, then then a uh, big fan of that work. I mean, he did the music here, obviously, as well, didn't he? I don't know. You're the you're the behind the scenes guy. Just looking. Yep, yeah, he is. I've got the Wikipedia page open just in case of this very moment when I say something. I go, Ooh, where is the information? <laughs> yeah, music. He did the music as well, and yeah, the music was really good. Uh, on directing the special feature, uh, Giacchino said, "I remember growing up." The only way I looked at a monster was... You did a little Italian hand gesture as you started talking. 
I was about to say, I did it, and I was like, oh, it's okay, it's just an audio podcast, no one can point me out about racism. No, yeah, but I can see, and I'm going to tell you. I'm I've been watching everyone. The Sopranos a lot. Jeez. He said, I remember growing up, and the only way I looked at a monster was, I feel so bad for that thing. I felt so bad for these monsters. Felt so bad for King Kong, for Godzilla, for Frankenstein's monster, all of these. They didn't ask for this. They just are who they are. The fact that the world would not accept them for who they are. I felt truly awful about that. So the idea of exploring the stories that force people to look at these monsters as actual people, that was very interesting to me. In most cases, when you see a monster like this in film, the first thing they do is, how do we kill it? How do we kill this thing? It's always from that point of view. I wanted to tell a story from the other point of view. So for me, it was about exploring the empathy and the humanity of these characters that so often is just pushed aside, especially for our modern motives. Well, movie. Wow. Sorry, why did I say motives? I'm really bad at reading. Yeah, I I like that. As I like that aspect. It, might, it reminds me when I was watching the DVD. This, you know, when you got DVDs for the first time and you had mm. like three, and then you'd be like, "Well, I guess I'm watching all the special features then to make the <laughs> most of this." We had the Mummy. I think we had the two disc DVD of the Mummy or something, and we watched all the special features. And they were talking about like different Universal monsters, and they said the Mummy was the truly scary one because it's like. Uh, Dracula was sexy Uh, Frankenstein's Mm. monster was just tragic and quite quite lonely but the mummy was this unrelenting force coming at you so yeah yeah I think in in that and in that ilk the werewolf is the one that is meant to be like this could happen to you yeah anyone could get bit by a dog randomly at night one night and then then start this horrible thing starts to happen to you and maybe you're the one who becomes a month like that isn't the case with dracula that isn't the case with then you might go to to london and shag jenny agatha (laughs) (laughs) i should coco Uh, yeah (laughs) what a a phrase Yeah, great film that one. What are you going to say? Because like, I was talking over you like a. No, I was kind man. of. I was. I was just adding to your point. Adding to my point that yes, American Whale from London. London, great film. Uh, last, last of all, this is quite interesting. Uh, among the many creative reasons behind the use of the black and white filter in the film, the main purpose was to obscure the blood and gore in order to avoid a TVMA rating. That makes a lot of sense, so having much. now seen the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I wasn't. I, it, it's it's very atmospheric, but it also um, certainly helps. Um, certainly helps with that. Um, well, oddly enough, people said the same thing about the Walking Dead when it first came out. What they were going to um, do it in black and white. It, it is in the, the comic book. Oh, Walking the comic, Dead is, sorry, is in black and yeah, white, yeah. and they talked about how that um, can can help some parents. Uh, kind of go, oh, it's okay for little Timmy to read The Walking Dead because there's no red in the blood or the or the brains uh, and the goo and all the no. Um, whether whether that whether that actually helped anybody, I don't really know, but it certainly does. It certainly somehow does diminish and re- not diminish, but it does. But, but it's it does make it a little bit less. But you don't want the kids to be reading it. It's just not. It's not just the zombies in The Walking Dead. It's foul. There's like. Genuinely- oh, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that was. Talked about at the very start. uh, That was reminds me of another thing. Remember uh, Kill Bill Volume One, where you had the big fight scene, then it switched to black and white. 
I mm. was, I, I don't know if it was true, but I always under the impression that the reason they did that was to get past censors for a certain film I heard rating. the same thing, yeah. yeah I mean, again, thing. whether it was true or not, um, but it's, it, I think it has a history in, in TV and movies of, of doing that to, you know, to try and, um, to try and get away with a, a better rating. <laughs> Let's take a trip behind the page now, uh, Will. As we, we, we get to the creation of Werewolf by Night, otherwise known as Jack Russell, your yeah. favorite name in the history of comics. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a little tricky to pinpoint. As far as we, it, research will allow us to see, um, the very first appearance of a werewolf in comic books is um, back in 1936. More fun comics published by the company that would end up becoming DC, um, but weren't quite at the time. Um, and uh, more fun comics featured uh, a, a character who's still in DC Comics now. He's like the he's the oldest action adventure character that's still being published by or, or featured by DC, and he's called Doctor Occult. Mm. Um, if you don't know Doctor Occult, he's a he was created by um, uh, Siegel and Shuster, the, the guys that created Superman. Yeah, Superman guys. He's um, he's kind of like he's sometimes known as the Ghost Detective. He's like a private investigator that that specializes in supernatural stuff. Mm. When we looked at the creation of Doctor Strange, we looked at a, a bunch of like pulp and radio characters mm. that were all about this they were all kind of like spiritualism was very big and being able to like read minds and um transport your spirit self somewhere else they were quite big in 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 kind of pop culture movies and i said radios and things like that during the 30s um and into the 40s and dr occult is kind of one of those dudes mm. um he's uh you know he he can do all sorts of astral projection and telepathy and hypnosis and and the kind of all weird stuff lumped into to one um and in in one of his issues he does encounter a a werewolf and that's probably the very first time in like proper american western action adventure comics that we get a werewolf bleeding across of course the yeah. universal the universal uh, movie the the wolfman and stuff is, is is a big influence on all of these kind of things um now werewolf by night First appears as a, as a title in 1953, like 10 years before the Marvel Universe starts. Marvel's Ooh. predecessor, Atlas Comics. I was thought it was going to be Timely Comics. If you remember our history, yeah, Timely yeah. is kind of the originator, and then originator. Timely morphs into Atlas Comics mm. um, around the end of the 40s into the 50s. And then Atlas Comics. Atlas Comics is the company that publishes... Um, Marvel Tales, which is where eventually the comic book company takes the name Marvel from and becomes Marvel Comics. So back in 1953, in an issue of Marvel Tales, there is um, a, a, a five-page short story called Werewolf by Night. Mm. Marvel Tales featured a series, like five or six little short stories, one with an alien in, one with a, you know, a supernatural thing in, one with a gangster in, you know, every, it just had to be out of the ordinary, like boys' own adventure stories that you go, oh, I got five good, exciting stories there. The front cover in 1953 features a werewolf. It's kind of, um, it's a, uh, it's the, the front cover is split into three panels. So you see mm. three sections of, you see a, a story, progress across the page in three panels 
uh, is a man hurrying home late at night on a street and he's stopped by his pushy neighbor who won't let him leave and she's like let me tell you you're new to the area let me tell you all about the neighborhood and he's like i gotta get out of here you gotta let me go it's getting late and the next issue is like no nonsense i i'm gonna tell you and in the second panel on the front page he's actually looking really sick and he's saying no you don't understand you've got to let me go and in the final panel on the front cover he's transformed into a werewolf and he's savaging her saying oh, i told you not no. to keep me this however does not feature at any stage inside the comic <laughs> something that was quite common at the time it has no <laughs> bearing on the story werewolf by night um which is set in vienna in 1890 <laughs> <laughs> werewolf by night will is originally about johan a man who lives in, <laughs> in 1890 in vienna um and he's courting a young lady doesn't have enough money and so he turns to thievery highway robbery and he waits for people in the vienna streets late at night and he jumps out at them using a werewolf costume he got from a costume party. <laughs> and he scares them and he mugs them. Um, mm. But one night he's doing this, he chases down a victim into an alley. And bef- as he mugs them, a real werewolf turns up. Oh, st- is it literally the man who <laughs> cried werewolf? Not quite. Okay. He kills and eats. The werewolf kills and eats the guy's victim, and he gets his money, runs off, and he's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! That was a real werewolf! Oh my god! I'm never going to rob anyone ever again." Amazing. And then there's a knock at his door, and he opens his door, and it's the werewolf. And the werewolf is wearing trousers. And he walks in, and he goes, "And he goes, hi, I'm a werewolf. I'm a real one, not like you." I got and the guy's problems. The guy's absolutely terrified, and the werewolf is like, "You're gonna." I'm old now and I'm not so good at chasing them down. You're really good. You're going to chase them down. You get the money and I'll kill and eat them. And this guy's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want any part of it. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just murder you and everyone you love then. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. And he wakes up the next. I'm just thinking, like, oh, my God. It's even worse than a werewolf. A werewolf with pockets. (laughs) <laughs> you have five minutes to get to that one and i'm not sure yeah, it was but worth I didn't it interrupt your flow and i was like no, well you did anyway this. and it was werewolf of pockets so you know <laughs> so anyway <laughs> the werewolf the next the next day also says oh just to let you know i live here now i live in your house i'm sleeping in your house now you live with me the werewolf man mm. um he's terrified and racked with guilt he, he's forced to go along with this the vienna werewolf um he 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 refuses to let his girlfriend ever come around to see the house because he's like I live with a werewolf. Eventually, she like surprises him and comes round um, for a visit, and he's terrified of her meeting the the, the werewolf man. Mm. But then, when she finally does, when she she find- says, "Yeah, do you want to make another joke?" This means nothing to me. it's a vienna reference jesus now here's the problem will (laughs) at the start of the show we had an announcement and the announcement was you've quit comedy (laughs) and yet here we all are still suffering if anything (laughs) you've ramped it up several notches and i'm i'm now concerned about the podcast i think you used to get all these bad jokes out on stage i think now they're going to be funneled in our direction Just we might to need have to have fun. a referendum on this. Just try to have fun. So anyway, as I get to the conclusion of the thing I'm talking about, you know, 
She, the, the girlfriend comes in and finally meets the werewolf that he's so concerned about keeping away from and says, oh, father, I didn't know you knew my Johan. And then she turns into a werewolf as well and they eat him. Wow. And that's the end of Werewolf by Night. It was not, it's not a, they don't, they're not doing long running characters. It's just, there you go. Um, but this was a tame example of like a horror story. It wasn't, it was kind of a supernaturally story. Mm. Um, but we've talked in our previous episodes about how, you know, there weren't really a huge amount of superhero stories being told in the, in the 1950s. The popularity kind of outside of Superman and Batman kind of died off after the Second World War. Mm. And that's where in this vacuum we saw cowboy comics and romance comics and horror comics really flourish in the, uh, in the 1950s. EC comics that had like tales from the crypt and stuff um but they they were they pushed things they really pushed the barrier of what horror was doing in comics and it led to a moral panic ah, a moral panic in America yeah. that these these horrifying comics not not that one we just talked about but some of them were really horrifying like famous front covers depicting like people buried alive screaming for their life and dying and a woman's decapitated head being carried around by an axe murderer and they're on newsstands all over america right next to like mickey mouse and superman comics and there's no law (laughs) anyone could just buy them no there's no age restriction so there's a big moral panic and and frederick uh, verzen writes this book called seduction of the innocents about how all comic books are, are dangerous, sedacious, kind of dangerous influence on, on the young, seducing the innocent and corrupting them and creating um, childhood delinquents and mm. teenage delinquents and stuff. Um, and that was a big deal. Like, he, he really whipped up... Um, the, he helped with this moral panic around, especially religious groups. We, we still have it now. Hocus Pocus 2 came out, and I saw someone on the news. They'd found some some... I don't know, very enthusiastic religious person who was talking about how it's Satan worship. Yeah, you always get that <laughs> one personal group Midler of people. Thing? God. Yeah. Yeah, it's really um, changed. And they were, you know, very fervent at the time in the fifties. Uh, we the, the the war's over and we've got nothing to do. Let's burn comic books. So depictions of supernatural characters and supernatural stories were especially targeted in the fifties as being satanic. Um, it was a big, big deal. We've talked about that there were, there were book burnings in all over America and stuff, even in this country as well. Um, and the Oklahoma City, Houston. Um, banned the sale of crime and horror comics, so did some other states as well. In 1954, a Senate subcommittee was was convened on juvenile delinquencies investigating comic books. And as a result of that, the comic book industry created something called the Comic Code Authority, Mm. a a self-imposed regulatory body to clean up the image of comic books um, so that the government wouldn't step in and do something, basically. And this authority, which this is... If you want to be a reputable business, you only buy your comics from... From the comic code, from the people that have a comic code authority stamp on them, yeah, right. And there's a media campaign that says, okay, from this point on, there are good comics and that have the stamp from the comic code authority, and there are evil comics that will turn little Timmy into a juvenile <laughs> delinquent and a criminal and a mobster. 
So newsstands, drugstores, any shop, they're not touching anything that doesn't have the Comic Code Authority stamp on it. And this body bans werewolves, vampires, ghouls, zombies. Horror comics are dead and buried as of 1954. Um, Now, oddly enough, during this time, while it's dead and buried, there is a, a comic book published called Werewolf. Despite the fact they're banned, it gets the comic book code <laughs> stamp of approval. It's published by Dell Comics um, in 1966, um, and this is uh, this is yeah, this is a nice this is a nice one. It's an odd one. So it's called Werewolf, mm. and they wanted to. Um, the Dell created a line of comics that were based on the Universal monster characters. So there was a Dracula comic, there was a Frankenstein's monster comic, and then there's a werewolf comic. They originally tried to call it Wolfman, but that was a a, a copyrighted name. But the star of the 1966 comic Werewolf is not a werewolf. Okay. (laughs) He's just a deranged secret agent. (laughs) Let me... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me introduce you to uh, Air Force pilot Major Wiley Wolf. How does who, this story about werewolves get even more ridiculous? Jeez. Major Wiley Wolf crashes his aircraft at the Arctic Circle, bumps his head, gets amnesia, goes feral, and lives with a group of wolves for a while. His favourite wolf he names Thor and becomes his constant companion. Wily Wolf and Thor spend six months in the Canadian wilderness. He's living as a pack animal, killing and gobbling up, you know, remains of animals and carcasses and presumably, and I'm not definitely saying this, but probably having a shag with one of them. Anyway, (laughs) he gets his memory back and goes, oh no, I'm not an animal, I'm a man. And he goes, (laughs) walks to America and says, I'd like to be an Air Force Major again, please, despite my six months of insanity. Um, (laughs) And he's uh, been changed by his lupine friends, and now Mm. he realises that too many people are like the insane wolves he met who occasionally take over the pack and cause the pack to go insane and cause untold damage to the world around them. So he wants to help mankind by finding the mad wolves in human form and stopping them. (laughs) That is a comic called Werewolf. (laughs) But he has no wolf powers. He is not a wolf person. He is a mad secret agent bloke. Um, and that's it. So that's how a comic that had the title Werewolf managed to get published during the Supernatural ban because it didn't have anything supernatural in it, except for if you ask. Yeah, hundred percent. It took seventeen years for these kind of Supernatural Werewolf ban rules to be overturned and relaxed. The um, the sixties saw a huge rise of the supernatural characters in the in the public eye. Dracula, Frankenstein, the werewolf himself were big business at the box office thanks to Hammer Horror movies, which were a, a smash hit. But I think more than that, the gentle mainstream TV shows like The Addams Family and Bewitched and The Monsters were all proving that supernatural characters and supernatural mm. theme stories could be portrayed as entertainment for families and not gruesome satanic you know horror stuff yeah that makes sense 
Particularly, I think, for our purposes of this episode, the character of Eddie Munster in the CBS family sitcom The Munsters, where mm. little Eddie Munster is a rambunctious all-American boy next door who happens to be a werewolf and, yeah. for some reason, sleep in a coffin. I never understood that bit. Um <laughs> And he he uh, that 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 TV series was very very popular until Batman came along. Uh, mm. That's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, the nineteen sixty six had got a big spin off movie called Monsters Go Home again. Werewolf and vampires and all that being played family friendly comedy played for laughs. So nineteen seventy one. There is an updating of the Comic Code Authority rules that lifts the ban on werewolves and supernatural stuff and marvel comics leaps into action to capitalize on this because stan lee's just not gonna let someone like this go by his track record we go back and we see like there's a popular movie about you know a scientist who shrinks and and fights ants <laughs> he creates ant-man you know it, it's all this kind of stuff he created yeah. the he created the black knight character when the prince valiant movies were a big deal like it's 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 comics 101 and stan stan knows exactly how to do that so when hammer horror is really big and things like that and they haven't been able to publish any of these characters for a while they mm-hmm. leap at these kind of these this popular and, and and rich vein of, of action comics that they've not been able to touch for 17 years so they test the waters in 1971 with characters like morbius the living vampire not undead not, not supernatural und- yeah, like a fake vampire. He's a half vampire. He's yeah. a living vampire. Quasi. Don't say yeah. that name. Uh, <laughs> and Man Thing, who is sort of sort of supernatural, but not not undead or whatever. And then mm. in 1972, when they are okay, the Comic Code Authority definitely isn't going to prosecute us or whatever, or take our license away. They go full tilt in 72. Um, mm. They they launch Tomb of Dracula. And say, okay, Dracula is back in the Marvel Universe. Here he is. Um, Blade becomes a popular character. Ghost Rider. Um, all, they all come out in 1972. And in 1972, they get their very own werewolf character. That was big on the list. Um, Stanley wanted to reuse the Werewolf by Night title from the 50s. He thought that was a cool title. He may have come up with it in the first place. There's not a lot of documentation on those... Um, 50s comics because we don't get a list of who wrote what and who drew what and stuff but stanley was heavily involved in all the marvel comics of the 50s so you know i can imagine him perhaps coming up with that so he wanted to reuse the title werewolf by night mm. stan's right hand man roy thomas was kind of tasked with coming up with a uh, an origin and plotting out this werewolf character story and he did that with his lovely wife Jean thomas who is credited as one of the co-creators of this character and co-plotted it um but the writers were jerry conway very famous for his spider-man run he created the Mm. punisher and things like that we talked about and mike plug who was the original artist on um ghost rider and so had a big hand in 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 ghost rider as well they're the creators of the first stories um as was common at the time the uh the jack russell werewolf character did not debut in his own comic book series he first appeared in an anthology series called Marvel Spotlight. We talked about Marvel Spotlight. Um, it's where we got Ghost Rider and later Moon Knight. Marvel would try a character out, give him two or three issues in Marvel Spotlight. If it's received favorably, okay, we'll give you your own series where you're the star. If not, no harm, no foul. Um, so Werewolf by Night started in that one. Jack Russell got 
two or three issues, I think, mm. in uh, in Marvel Spotlight. Now know? let's talk about the name. Yeah. You've laughed many, many times at the notion of a character called Jack Russell. It's hilarious, Rob. It's inherently hilarious. Jerry Conway. If you're not aware, Jack, uh, Jack Russell is also a breed of dog. An and 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 adorable breed of dog. An adorable breed of dog. Yeah. Jerry Conway has been asked about this and says he cannot remember how he came up with the name, but he says it is unlikely that he was making a joke or a canine reference, since he did not own a dog, never lived with one, and didn't really know anything about dogs. <laughs> so he claims it's just a happy accident that the dog man is actually called Jack Russell. No. I don't know. Is he no. ribbon on the square on that one? I'm not sure. You got, I mean, I mean, I you know me, I got some really crazy blind spots with cultural things, but wow, that's <laughs> demented. But I, then again, I'm. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a dog person, right? And people will talk about, oh, it's a d- Alsatian Stinglehound, and I don't know what you're talking about. I can't picture it. I don't mm. know. I've no idea. But even I've heard of a Jack Russell. Oh, they're they're iconic dogs. So after his test run in Marvel's Spotlight, the character was popular enough to graduate to his own series in in September of 1972 called Werewolf by Night. They still felt that was a very strong title. They liked it, and it was kind of like, I'm a a regular kid by day, but I'm a werewolf by night. That's Mm. kind of the... Because he's an 18-year-old is our our eponymous uh, werewolf character. Um, Conway described... Jerry Conway described writing on this series as a lot of fun because he really enjoyed the horror genre. He said it made a refreshing change from the the superhero stories that were... um, had become the staple of of mainstream comics for many years. Um, Werewolf by Night lasted until 1977. It's a good run in the 70s for not a major character. 43, 44 issues. Um, And he also had some special the spin-offs i think there was a giant size werewolf comic at one point or a giant size creatures um jack russell became kind of dormant for most of the 1980s um not uh, to be fair a fair few of those of those 70s supernatural characters we saw it with ghost rider as well mm. kind of drop off the face of the earth in, in the 80s um it's not until the resurgence of you know, your Stephen King horror and your Clive Barker horror that you get these, you know, and, and horror becomes kind of cool again, late 80s, early 90s, you know, Hellraiser and all that kind of stuff. When we see a resurgence of horror characters, supernatural characters, um, and in the 90s, Morbius, when Morbius was a red-hot character for Marvel in the early 90s, uh, Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night, became a regular kind of co-star, uh, mm. supporting character in that character. And he, be- he became kind of a supporting character throughout the Marvel Universe from the 90s onwards. Um, he's appeared sporadically, um, occasionally getting you know a, a short-lived revival or a-, or a one-off comic here and there, but really nothing major. I think probably nothing major until this special TV show. What's in the spooky mailbag today? It's a. I I, I was going to say it's a bag used for trick or treating, but no, the analogy is wrong. (laughs) Hey, rubbish. Anyway, we got Scott N. Who said, I am loving all the Halloween content this year, guys. The supernatural side of Marvel is my favorite side of Marvel. More, more, more. Who is that? Sorry? Scott N. 
Scott, thank you very much, Scott. I, it's been cool having a theme. I like having mm. themes. It helps us kind of make decisions about what we're going to do and feature and stuff. Um, and of course, it doesn't last. You know, it's not. We don't do themes every month, so we know we're gonna we're gonna have fun with with with, with kind of horror stuff, supernatural stuff this month, and then we're gonna be uh, big announcement. End of the show. Next episode, it's gonna be Avengers related. Oh yes, it's we'll be, be, be back one. once once uh, once this episode is over and done with. Next month, it will be back to kind of um, some more mainstream MCU Marvel stuff. Yeah, we're going to get some good stuff done. Uh, next letter from Taylor Anders, who writes, "I can't believe we got an MCU version of Man Thing." <laughs> I rewatched the movie last year when you covered it on the podcast, and it was. The worst movie I've ever seen. Really, <laughs> it's pretty. It was pretty bad, actually. It was pretty. I was about bad. to say really, but it was. I. I think it's the worst one we've watched for for the podcast. Certainly, it's certainly. It's, it oh definitely, no, it, uh, Doctor Strange TV movie was was pretty. pretty yeah, pretty bad. that was pretty bad. Uh, it's, it's definitely in the bottom five. I'm going to put it with Doctor Strange TV movie and Morbius. Definitely. Uh, I thought there was no way. They'd be, they'd ever bring a plant monster into the real Marvel movies, and yet here we are. I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed the Halloween Werewolf special. Between that and the She-Hulk series, Marvel are putting out some great quality shows right now. Yeah, I've got to say, I, I agree. I've, I've enjoyed the change of pace of these two things. Yeah, She-Hulk and and the Halloween special have been very different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's all been good. I'm. What, what what have you got next in the pipeline for the TV shows? I, I forgot what's happening. Don't next. put me on the spot, man. I don't know. Um, oh, I, I, I'm kind of hungry for some more. Anyway, Sarah Kay dropped us a line. I know you guys both loved it, but I just don't get this She-Hulk series. It feels like it isn't even part of the MCU. I keep waiting for it to connect to everything else that's going on, and it just didn't. And then the ending was a massive cop out. There's a multiverse of madness going on, alternative Spider-Man, Wanda losing her mind, that government woman putting together some evil superheroes into a team, and meanwhile we got She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion. What the F? Who is that, sorry? Uh, Sarah Kay. Sarah! I... Look, I don't want to harp on. It was, <laughs> I think it's one of my favourite Marvel... I think it's my favourite Marvel TV show, but... Sarah speaks. A lot of people have the same have the same opinion. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of people uh, do think that. But it's nice to have a little bit of a break from what's going to be yeah. earth shattering stuff. Yeah. I want to have a space to breathe and watch a fun sitcom about a lawyer for a little. I agree. Bit. I agree. But but <laughs> I can like I think we've got a well. We'll talk about this in a minute. We've got a special mm. thing we did about She Hulk, and I think on that it talked about how. It's a big gear shift for people that perhaps aren't expecting a yeah, gear shift. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I expect everything to be a bit different because that's how comic books largely are. But if you expect everything to be in the vein of One Division, uh, then again, I don't know if we heard this for One Division. People, you know, because One Division was serious. Well, apart from know. me not enjoying the first three episodes that much, but that was mm. just a me thing. Just a me thing. What's next? Well, we got the last. Last of all, we got uh, Tim. <laughs> I love it when you just trail off. <laughs> This is the thing. <laughs> the silence, is, and you're just like, yeah. This is the doing thing a that, cool that podcast, bro. Just doing comedy. I, I used to trail off on some things, and like sometimes <laughs> lose my pace. And I think that's just me. I don't think that could be helped. And um, you wait for me. Like it's your Like you've got the letters, and you I, just let there be silence when I've stopped talking. Like I'm going to produce a letter. <laughs> 
I, I, I don't have any autonomy, Rob. Uh, Tim Schultz is loving his Patreon subscription. I signed up for your Patreon last month and I wanted Come on, to Tim. Listen- there we go. And I wanted to listen to all your bonus episodes in order. I absolutely loved your episodes on the Spider-Man clone saga and the superior Spider-Man stories. Loved it. Those are some of our earliest ones, aren't they? There's some, some of our I best, think, yeah. Those, those are, that superior well. one is really... I mean, you enjoyed that an awful lot. Oh, God, I loved those. I was meant to be doing the, uh, the them all in order, but then you dropped Marvel Zombies right before Halloween. I had to break the system and check it out. I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. I love the TV show and started collecting the graphic novels. I even have them in both paperback and hardback. I never knew that Robert Kirkman did anything for Marvel, let alone writing zombie stuff. The episode was so good. I subscribe to a few podcast Patreons and I don't know any who are doing two-hour bonus shows. I've already ordered some Marvel zombie pop funkos. Please tell me you'll be doing something more zombie horror stuff and MVM. Thank you for that. I mean, welcome uh, to the to the to the club. Um, what what was that guy's name? Sorry, I'm terrible with names. It, it, at the moment. it was Tim Schultz. It's because it's not in front of me. It's not in front of me. Um, oh, it is in front of me. But let her on. Sorry. Uh, no, because I I don't have these. I don't. I don't you know. Anyway, uh, Tim Schultz. Obviously, Tim Schultz. Thank you very much, Tim, um, for for supporting the podcast. Like you know, you should. Um, if you like. Uh, Robert Kirkman's stuff with Marvel. Um, he he has he did a series called Irredeemable Ant Man. I think he co-created Ooh. a brand new Ant Man character that is a bad guy, um, or or a nefarious kind of morally grey character. Go and check that series out. It's it's kind of it's more on the funny side of Kirkman um, than on anything else. And as for more supernatural and horror themed things, well. I think we'll probably be able to do a horror, a, a, a supernatural themed Halloween kind of stuff every year. Um, we've talked about maybe delving into the Marvel Zombies episode of What If. I, I'm not, we're going to have to have a think, but we, if we get more positive feedback that people want this kind of stuff, we'll definitely be doing it. Thank you, Tim. Is that the end of the mailbag, Will? That, I, as I said, that was then the last we, letter. Okay, closing okay. the mailbag while you readjust yourself. Oh, <laughs> I said last letter, and and you were like, "Oh, I'm 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 going to forget that." And Tim's name, and Tim's name, <laughs> um, that's on you, young man. I'm going to do well. I'm going to do another shout out now because Tim's not Excellent. the only one that's joined us recently. Mm. Um, we've got shout outs to to uh, new joiners who join us on Patreon, who are doing the right thing. Shout out to Tim Schultz, to Jay, just the letter J. Um, to Robert Hyatt, Hyatt, um, to Stephen Fan, shout out to Jeffrey Roberts, to Loki, um, Amaterasu. I hope I'm getting that right. Amaterasu, um, to Jack Frost, um, and to Tim. Oh, I did Tim at the start. Well, Tim Schultz can have a second one because I messed him up earlier. Welcome to the club, <laughs> gang. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on doing the right thing. Mm. Um, that's kind of a sarcastic congratulations. You should have been doing it anyway. Um, congratulations on supporting a podcast that deserves your money um, at the end of the day. Look, we know you're not doing it for us. You're doing it for you. You're yeah. doing it because... Every time you sit down and consume this great content that goes deeper and harder than any other Marvel podcast out there, you know you're doing yourself a disservice by getting that for free. Yes. For free. In this climate, 2022. In this economy. In this economy. (laughs) 
Do you know how unstable everything is? Do you know how easy it would be for me and Will to go dark and go and get second jobs? Or fourth <laughs> jobs in my my case. Do you know how easy it would be? We plug away on this, creating this great one-of-a-kind mm. podcast for you guys. You know you need to support us like we're supporting you, to do the right thing, to do to, to stand up and be counted where and where it counts, right? And that's on patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel. I tell you who's doing the real big thing, Will. Who's doing the real big thing, Rob? It's Peter J. It's Mikey mm-hmm. W. It's Brandon Schmigilski. It's Randall Schmidt. It's Zach Thomas. It's Basta Beer. It's Sam. It's Bindi. Those are the people at the top 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 tier of our pledge who give ev- get all the benefits all the benefits they want and then they give double <laughs> like, uh, just insane level of dedication and support from the world-class wrecking crew um and we give back we give back what do we drop for them this week will we've got quite a few juicy bits haven't we but what do we just drop for them? We just as dropped- in literally today that you oh, finished lit- making. Literally dropped today. We dropped a video of us a, a full series reaction of She-Hulk. The top tier crew get access to exclusive video content. Me and Will don't make video content from MVM for anybody else. You only get video content at the top tier. Mm. Um, and yeah, we we sat down, we watched the finale of She-Hulk, then we got on uh, on the cast and we recorded a, a cool video of us reacting to the whole series, thoughts and feelings about everything that we've seen. Um, runs it an hour long, and that's just for the guys of the world class wrecking crew who do the the, the super right thing, the top tier. Um, we love those guys, but everyone that subscribes at patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel gets access to uh, obscure Marvel each and every month, a mini bonus show that drops on the first of the month. Uh, this month, we happen to be doing Leapfrog, which we <laughs> we did not plan for Leapfrog. We didn't know Leapfrog was going to be in She-Hulk, and then we drop our, our, our Leapfrog episode, and then a couple of days, like a week later, there's Leapfrog in the latest episode of She-Hulk, and we're, so you know, the, the, the Nostradamuses of the podcasting world once again um like obscure marvel's super fun isn't it oh i i love it i mean i've, I've been loving it since day one the amount of laughing i've been doing has been phenomenal <laughs> me and will we just explore the most ridiculous funniest um characters and stories in the history of of, of marvel obscure characters obscure stories that are just mm. silly dumb over the top ridiculous um you know we we just have an absolute laugh riot when we make those shows um and everybody gets mm. that as a thank you for supporting us you go up in the tiers you can get early access you can get all main show episodes dropping three days early oh, um, yes. i know we've got like so peter J consumes everything we do exclusively through patreon like he's yes. got a program set up on his phone it downloads from the rss feed um he gets everything three days early he's got his schedule out in his in his podcaster uh, playlist um he doesn't even touch us on spotify or or, or apple podcasts <laughs> or iHeartRadio or anything like that it's all exclusively through patreon at the 10 pound tier we have our full-length bonus episodes where we drop like a brand new show that's just for our subscribers. Um, we covered everything from the full, full, full Civil War to Planet Hulk. Mm. Um, sorry, to World War Hulk. Sorry, after mm. the spinoff from Planet Hulk, um, we 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 cover um, 
uh, House of M. We do everything. The Onslaught Saga. This month for Halloween, we did Marvel Zombies. Now, I actually haven't chatted to you about your reaction to that since we did the episode. <laughs> but I think it's one of your faves, isn't it? I mean, we had a great time making that show. I, I really loved it. Uh, I mean, it's just so different from any other marvel comic we've handled and we had a unique way of checking in on how i reacted to it we checked in with will on the gruesometer um, because this really is the most gruesome story i think marvel have ever made i don't think we've covered anything like this before have we no no nothing like this before um, so it's kind of like a, we had to put like a little, I don't know, adult warning on it, although the comics are for all ages, but we did say, hey, we don't know the ages on Patreon, some of you guys might not well, want to listen to this, who knows, but it's a gruesome tale of zombie infestation in the Marvel Universe, we we track it back to its um, origins um, in, uh, in the Ultimate Universe, and, and then we tackle a story written by Robert Kirkman, the Walking Dead author and creator comes to the Marvel Universe, and that's only and exclusively available on patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel. We hope that you will recognize the hard work that we do on this show, uh, reach down, dig deep, come in, come on board, join our family, support us in the way that we try and support you. And hey, look, times are hard. Yeah. If you can't support us that way, there's other ways you can go about supporting us. Head on over to Twitter and follow us at Marvel Versus. Leave yourself a, an awesome review wherever you get this episode. Leave us a, a five stars. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribing and sharing. Make sure you're telling your friends about us. Word of mouth can help us just as much as a Patreon subscription can. Um, maybe you, you share us in a post on Reddit or on Facebook or something cool like that. But those are the ways that you can help this podcast grow. You can help us stay on the air. Um, you can help make sure that we don't go dark and we keep producing these really cool episodes for you don't go anywhere on the other side of this break we're gonna get right into werewolf by night Ooh. Mm-hmm. 